Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. New York Mets spring training continuing down in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Tim McMaster here, joined on the line by MLB.com Mets reporter Anthony DeComo. Uh, and Anthony, let's get right to it. Tim Tebow got a hit today. We'll cover other stuff as well, but I think last week on the podcast, I said we wouldn't talk about Tebow again until he did something, and he has done that just one week later. So uh, one for three in the game of the single. He also made a nice catch. Um, neat to see him doing well, but just kind of sum up his day for the Mets today. Yeah, I didn't think we'd see him again either. Uh, Terry Collins said he kind of rethought the situation, and uh, you know the Mets need players with with 11 of their guys gone to the WBC right now. And, uh, you know, they've been borrowing guys from minor league camp with regularity. They made their first cuts over the weekend and had to borrow most of those guys right back just to fill out a roster in a Grapefruit League game. And Terry Collins said his line of thinking was, well, why bring an 18-year-old over when I could bring over a 29-year-old uh, who really needs that bats against upper-level competition? So we see Tim Tebow and we see him out in games and, he looked much the same, but he did get a hit. Uh, it was an opposite field single, which is uh, something you always like to see from a hitter. I think it speaks uh, to his improvement, that he's not just uh, looking to pull everything. He's not just looking to hit everything over the fence. Uh, and, hey, you know, you have to start somewhere. And uh, Tim Tebow's one for ten on the spring now. Uh, it's not great. It's not where you want to be. But if he really does want to go down there to A-ball and, and have a good summer and, and – get closer to his ultimate goal, uh, which is theoretically to play in the big leagues, you, ha you have to start somewhere. And for Tim Tebow, this was it. Um, I think the most impressive thing I saw today was not the hit, but the sliding catch he made to rob Justin Bohr of a single. It was a legitimately very good catch. Uh, it would be a highlight real play for any player. And, of course, the fact that it was Tim Tebow makes it all the more interesting. Coming in, uh, a difficult catch, kind of sliding, skidding down to get the ball. So, uh uh, it was a good day overall for Tim Tebow. The best one certainly he's had yet in the three games he's played in big league camp. You mentioned the first round of cuts, and one of the guys involved in that was Dominic Smith, uh, one of the club's top prospects uh, sent down to minor league camp. He didn't hit great in his time at big league camp, but I guess what he did show off is his ability to play first base. And you don't often think of, I mean, somebody wins the gold glove at every position, but we usually don't highlight first baseman for their defense. But Smith's a guy who can really flash the leather over there. Yeah, and we saw it in big league camp. I, I, I was impressed. I'd never really seen Don Smith play on a regular basis until this spring. Just saw him in uh, a couple of events, futures game here and there. 
Um, but he looked good over there at first base. Uh, you saw the effect, certainly, of all that weight that he lost. I believe it was 24 pounds that Dominic Smith dropped over the offseason, cutting out fatty foods, uh, working at the club's bar with facility up in Michigan. So uh, he came into, sh- into camp in shape, lean, athletic, looking, looking good. And you saw it certainly on the defensive side. He didn't have a great offensive camp. The Mets aren't worried about that because they've never really been worried about Dominic Smith's ability to hit a baseball. And, and this summer in Las Vegas in the Pacific Coast League, just a launching pad for hitters. I think everyone in the organization expects him to have a big, big offensive season and start to put up those power numbers the Mets have dreamt of from Dominic Smith when they drafted him in the first round. Um, but defensively, he looked smooth. There were multiple plays this spring uh, in limited time when he saved teammates of errors. Uh, one was a nice pick, I remember, uh, on a low throw. One was a grab and tag the guys. He's coming down the line. Uh, just very nice, smooth, athletic plays. And as long as he can get that bat into shape where it can be big league caliber and he can hold down the first baseman's position, uh, it's gold glove potential with the glove. Yeah, and the power numbers started to come a little bit last year. And like you said, when you're playing in Las Vegas, just about everybody puts up good numbers, and a guy with that potential should. And maybe we'll see him at some point during the 2017 season. So the Mets have some guys playing in the World Baseball Classic. Um, There's good news and bad news from that. We'll start with the good, and that is Seth Lugo looking great for Puerto Rico, who is looking great as a team in the tournament so far as they went actually 3-0 and in pool play to advance out of their pool into the second round. But Lugo against a Venezuela team that is basically, when you look at the lineup, a Major League Baseball all-star team. He goes five and a third scoreless innings. That's great to see for a guy who looked pretty good before he left for the WBC and Mets camp. Yeah, Venezuela is absolutely stacked. And like you said, Seth Lugo did not allow a run in Grapefruit League play before he left the WBC. Had that great start against Venezuela. And that was kind of the deal for guys like Seth Lugo. And on the hitting side, TJ Rivera, Ty Kelly, uh, Brandon Nimmo. The Mets had a bunch of their fringe roster guys, guys who may or may not make the opening day team, uh, play in the WBC. And part of the reasoning was, well, what's a better way to showcase someone? Uh, is it in this atmosphere where, I mean, you've seen it on TV with these games are, are some of them are sold out, uh, huge atmospheres, uh, just raucous fans and against high level competition or one of these great fruit league games against, you know, the Marlins or the Astros where you're facing minor leaguers and uh, just the intensity level for obvious reasons is not the same. Uh, I think the Mets see the WBC as a great opportunity. And when you get a guy like Seth Lugo, who is thriving there, it has to make you pause and say, well, hey, uh, is this a guy we need on our roster? Um, the Mets were talking at the beginning of camp, potentially having Seth Lugo start the season at AAA and stretch him out and have him be that sixth starter, so to speak, in case of an injury, or I should say when an injury comes, because it will at some point this summer. Uh, now you hear Terry Collins talking about, well, maybe we need Seth Lugo in the bullpen. Maybe he's that bridge between the starting pitchers and those late-inning relievers, the Jerry Blevins and Hansel Robles, Addison Reed. Uh, so Seth Lugo is making waves. And believe me, the Mets are paying attention to everything he's doing in the World Baseball Classic. Now, the negative I mentioned is Nimmo, who you had mentioned, and he strains a hamstring playing for Italy. I don't think it's anything serious. Is he back with the Mets now because of the injury, or is he still with Italy? He's on his way back, and the, and the Mets team of of training staff and doctors will check him out here uh it does not sound like it's a major injury but we're getting to the point in camp we're in mid-march now and any inju- injury can
can disrupt the players' flow and what they're doing in their preparations for opening day. So uh, conservatively with a hamstring, you would say maybe two weeks is what you need. And if that's the case, all of a sudden you're looking at the very end of March into the very beginning of April. And how is Brendan Nimmo going to win a spot on this team if he has not played a game in approximately two or three weeks from the time the Mets have to make that decision? It, it makes it very, very difficult and uh, might open up a spot for another guy. Uh, the Mets still have to make a decision on Michael Conforto, if he's going to make the team a, in that bench outfield spot, or if not, maybe they just take an infielder like a C.J. Rivera or a Matt Reynolds or a Ty Kelly who can play the outfield. Uh, num- any number of ways the Mets can go, but standing here right now on March 13th with this injury fresh for Brandon Nimmo, it- it's suddenly very, very difficult to see him making the team, which is a shame because he had really made some strides, and the Mets were impressed with some of the things he was doing this spring and also in the WBC. How about Paul Sewald this uh, spring, Anthony? Um, he's been really good, and, and you have a story on the site about the fact, kind of the moment that it all clicked for him last year, and, and the reason you have pitching coaches, I guess, is to point stuff out. That's what happened with him a year ago in AAA, and, and now he's in the discussion to make this roster. Yeah, actually one of the stats guys on the Mets that was – uh, talking to Paul Sewald and looking at his season because he got off to a great start last year at AAA and then kind of fizzled in the middle of the summer. And they were looking at what he was doing, and uh, his slider was by far his best pitch. And, and the Mets kind of came to him and said, well, you should throw this pitch more. So he started doing that and had some very good success. And you're seeing it now this spring. He's throwing the slider a lot. Uh, he's getting swings and misses with it. He's uh, He's had some success. I believe he's given up at the time of us recording this one run in seven innings. So, Uh, there's definitely a spot for him at the back of the bullpen if he continues to perform like this. And he's an interesting guy. He's a smart guy. He's very self-aware about his pitching and what he needs to do uh, to succeed. And I think that's important when you don't have off-the-chart stuff, and and he doesn't. He pitches 91, 92 with the fastball. Then you look at those strikeout numbers, even the Pacific Coast League, which is a, as I mentioned earlier, hitter-happy league, probably the most in the nation, uh, Paul Sewald struck out 11 batters per nine innings with that 91, 92 mile an hour fastball and the slider, essentially a two pitch pitcher. So it, it tells you two things. It tells you one that despite the not having the upper end velocity, uh, the stuff is good. And it also tells you that he knows how to pitch. So uh, not a roster lock by any means, but he's certainly put himself in the mix of this competition. And there's two, maybe three spots available at the back end of the Mets bullpen. Uh, Josh Smoker has looked good this spring from the left side. Rafael Montero has looked better, and the Mets are talking about him as a potential bullpen candidate. Uh, there are a bunch of guys in the mix, and it could be an interesting race that goes right down to the very final days of camp. It's amazing how simple the game of baseball can be at times. Hey, this is your best pitch. You should throw it more. Okay, <laughs> and, and off we go. Um, it is kind of amazing. All right, one last thing to touch on is Noah Syndergaard because he's sick, I guess, but he also has a bobblehead. Um, you can see video on Mets.com of him kind of checking out his bobblehead for the first time. He's as excited as Noah Syndergaard, I guess, gets about things like that. But but he's sick as well. Is he going to be all right pulling through? Um, I, what did you say it was exactly that's that's keeping him away? It's bronchitis for right. Noah Syndergaard, and, and it's good for the Mets that he at least has a diagnosis because he's been dealing with this sort of mystery ailment for a couple of weeks now. And, and Noah Syndergaard said today, actually, that it's been about a month and a half since he first started feeling under the weather. But the Mets do say it's bronchitis. Uh, they say he's pitched uh, really most of the spring or most of the Grapefruit League outings with it. But uh, he's on medication. He's working to get better. He's working to rest. The Mets actually sent him home from camp one day 
last week because he was feeling so ill. Um, but he does say he's on the upswing now. Uh, he got a little fatigued during the fourth inning of today's start, gave up three runs. Um, but it's early enough in camp that you would hope two weeks should be enough for Noah Syndergaard to knock this out of his system and be ready to go April 3rd, opening day against the Braves. All right, and we will be ready to see that. Great stuff, as always, Anthony. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Mets edition. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.